you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Here from Andrew. Wonderful. So I'm going to read from Genesis. I'm going to read chapter 2 and the first three verses. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. For the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and on, and on it you shall do, uh, not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, guys. Good morning, everyone. Great to uh, see you here on this beautiful morning. Um, Also, uh, those of us joining online, great to see you as well. Let's pray. Father, we come to your word and we submit ourselves to your authority. We ask, Lord, that as we look now at this this topic, as we open those scriptures together, Father, we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you'd stir in our church community, that every single person gathered here right now would know that you are real and that your word is good and you are worthy of praise. And so we ask that these next moments would be blessed in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Well, it's the blue ribbon event of the Olympics. To this day, it's the 100-meter sprint. On this occasion, the start lists were just released for the Olympic 100-meter sprint, and the world was focused in on it. It was a star-studded field, a great excitement about who would take out the title in this Olympic Games. But there was one man who was not in the least excited to see those start lists released. He was someone who, like all the other athletes, had been training towards single-mindedly the goal of seeking a gold medal in the Olympic 100-meter sprint. But this man was suddenly conflicted because he sees that the heat for the 100-meter event is scheduled for a Sunday afternoon. Uh, This man is Eric Little. And for Eric, Eric's a Christian, And for Eric, Sunday is his Sabbath. It's a day of rest. It's not a day for competitive sport. And so now Eric begins to wrestle with the growing conviction that he is going to need to withdraw for religious reasons from the 100-meter sprint. Well, in this series, we begin uh, to build our rule of life, the vine trellis and the crow. Uh, The rule of life, if you were here last year, hopefully last week rather, you will know that the rule of life is is like the trellis 
Um, it's a, a way of, of supporting the vine, which is, our, which is our abiding in Jesus Christ and the fruit that comes from that. And you might think that as we, we come to this series and we look at the, the trellis that oh, I'm going to have to add all this stuff in. There's more things I'm going to have to do. It's just going to, I'm already so busy. Well, as we start here in this place, actually, we're not going to be looking at more things that you need to do. And more things that you need to add into your life, which is already busy, we're actually going to look at one thing that you need to do. And that's actually not doing anything. That is rest. It's the command from God, remember the Sabbath that we heard read in the Ten Commandments from Exodus this morning. Uh, the word Sabbath is a, is a Hebrew word. It simply means stop. That's its literal meaning. And, and I want to suggest to you and to myself this morning that as we, as we look and we begin to look at the practicalities of what a rule of life is, that this is where we need to start. We need to start right at the beginning, not by adding, adding more things in, but by one day a week, every week, slowing, stopping, resting, worshipping. All right, let's look at it. We don't need to read very far into Scripture to see that Sabbath is a big deal. Begins, as we heard in that first reading, in the book of Genesis, chapter 2. It's repeated in Exodus and Deuteronomy and Numbers and Leviticus. And then it goes throughout the Old Testament. You see that Sabbath is a big, big deal for God's people, Israel. Uh, the Sabbath is a big deal because, according to, to Genesis and then repeated in Exodus, it mirrors what God did when he created the heavens and the earth. For six days he labored, and then on the seventh day he rested. And there's some principles that are drawn from that which are applied to God's people. The Sabbath is to be different to all the other days. Stop, rest, worship. Uh, Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 5, gives um, he's repeating the Ten Commandments, which we heard read in Exodus. He gives us a bit further information. He says, 5 verse 5, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Listen to this. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. Uh, the point is, you're not a slave. Slaves don't get any choice about how they manage their time. It says, you're free. You were rescued by the Lord your God. So therefore, rest on the seventh day. Keep it holy. And if you read through uh, the Old Testament, you'll see that failing to keep the Sabbath commandment by God was a big deal. Especially... Numbers chapter 15, verse 32, it tells us that on the Sabbath day, after, newly after being instituted, there was a man who got up early and he went out to gather some sticks, presumably for his fire, on the Sabbath day, and it was reported to Moses that this is what had happened, and the word of God comes that this man, for breaking the Sabbath, is to be stoned to death. And he is. The Sabbath is a big deal, and it makes us uncomfortable, doesn't it? Uh, the story of Eric Little perhaps makes us uncomfortable. Why, why does it make us uncomfortable? Because for most of us, for many of us, this concept of Sabbath is not something that we do, at least not regularly and intentionally. 
Uh, our argument, um, I think at least the, the argument that I've used is that, no, that's Old Testament. Now, we've got New Testament, and Jesus fulfills the Sabbath. So this commandment, that, that's old school. Now we've got Jesus. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. So in the same way that you can enjoy bacon for breakfast, or you can wear mixed clothes, you don't have to worry about the Sabbath because it's done away with, fulfilled in Jesus. Um, Sam Storms, uh, who I actually know personally, he's a great guy, uh, he, he writes about the Sabbath in these words. He says this, uh, Jesus is the fulfillment of all that the Old Testament prophesied, prefigured, and foreshadowed. Therefore, he's quoting from Paul and Colossians here, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. He goes on to say, the immediate purpose of the Sabbath in the Old Testament was to provide men and women with physical rest from their physical labors. When Paul says that the Sabbath was a shadow of which Christ is the substance, he means that the physical rest provided by the Old Testament Sabbath finds its fulfillment in the spiritual rest provided by Jesus. We cease from our labors, not by resting physically one day out of seven, but by resting spiritually every day and forever in Christ by faith alone. Sam's a good guy, and I agree with much of what he's saying there as, as, he, as he comes off Colossians, but I don't agree with the conclusions that he comes up with, that the Sabbath is done away with because it's fulfilled in Jesus. And I'll tell you why. Uh, the Ten Commandments, um, <laughs> there's no suggestion that nine of the commandments were done away with because they were fulfilled in Jesus. So nine commandments, all of the, the, the list, those continue to apply to Christians, but then it seems strange that we say that, that the fourth commandment, keep the Sabbath, is the exception. That's suddenly done away with when the others are not. In fact, it seems when we look at the, the actual, if you look at the, um, of a pie chart, if you like, of how much emphasis is given in the Ten Commandments in Exodus and Deuteronomy, you, you'll discover that actually this command, the fourth commandment, gets 30% of the entire Ten Commandments are, is about the Sabbath. So it's in terms of volume, it seems pretty significant. Um, and it's clearly not just a ceremonial thing. Because it, it goes all the way back to Genesis. It's, it's a, the Sabbath is rooted in who God is and what He's done. How the universe is created and sustained. So it seems strange that you can say what's well, fulfilled in Jesus, so we just, we just forget the Sabbath. And it's actually not how the church has viewed it throughout its history, especially uh, in our theological stable as a Reformed church. We go back to the, the Reformation as, and draw a lot of our inspiration for the Christian walk through the Reformers. The Reformers saw the Sabbath as continuing. Um, so the Westminster Confession, some of you will know that, that upholds the Sabbath day as continuing to um, be a, a, an ordinance or an instruction for, for Christians to keep. John Wesley, um, in talking about the Ten Commandments and the Sabbath, he says this, uh, the moral law contained in the Ten Commandments and enforced by the prophets, he did not take away. 
the moral law stands on an entirely different foundation from the ceremonial and ritual law. Listen to this. Every part of this law must remain in force upon all mankind and in all ages. Well, you might think, well, but Jesus says the Sabbath is obsolete. Uh, Jesus consistently seems to be confronting this issue of the Sabbath. When you read through any of the four Gospels, this comes up all the time. So maybe that means that Jesus is saying that that's why the fourth commandment is different from the other nine. Well, it is true that Jesus had a lot of issues with the, I think it was the 39 categories of things that were forbidden on the Sabbath uh, under Jewish law, and the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of explanatory laws that go into explaining that 39 categories. Jesus had major issues with how they were interpreted because his point is, I think the big point is the Sabbath had become a huge burden for people. And um, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to, to, to be part of a, a strict Sabbath observing family, it could be Christian or it could be Jewish. It can be a real burden. Um, so uh, many years ago now, I had the opportunity to live with an Orthodox Jewish family uh, for a week in, on a moshav, which is a communal farm, in the Gaza Strip. And it was hard not to see the, the onrush of Sabbath as a huge burden, especially for the women in the house. Um, so they, she had, uh, the woman had to make sure that all the cooking was done before because she couldn't touch her oven after the first uh, star came out on Friday night. Um, she couldn't turn on a light switch or turn a light switch off. She, couldn't, she could turn the, the cold water faucet tap, but not the hot water. Um, she, had to, <laughs> she couldn't have a bath. She couldn't, uh, the, the, the lift in their apartment, um, she couldn't press the button to get to the lift. She could walk up the stairs, but she couldn't press the button. It was a big deal. And, and thankfully, for me at least, um, everything worked smoothly on the Sabbath and the automatic oven turned on as it should have because she had the, the roast meat in the oven ready to go uh, the night before. So that all worked. And so we had a lovely lunch. And then after lunch, we were going for a walk and, and uh, I went with the, the father and uh, he was, he, I could see him counting. It's like, what are you counting? He said, I'm counting the paces. So why are you doing that? He said, well, a thousand paces is rest. A thousand and one paces means I've broken the Sabbath. I've broken the Sabbath. It's work. I'm like, so you yeah, oh, wow, okay, you're counting each pace. On the way back, uh, coming back, uh, we saw some, some kids from the Moshev um, playing soccer and they were playing on, the, on this asphalt sort of pavement and they'd set up some goals and right next to it was this beautiful grass soccer pitch. I was like, why are they playing on the asphalt? That's dangerous. And, uh, and he said, well, we can play on the asphalt, but if we play soccer on the grass, we're actually crushing the blades of grass and that's work. So you can play here, but not there. That, you can see how the Sabbath became a burden. You're constantly trying to work out, am, am I breaking God's laws in this? And the Sabbath is really important, and, and can I do that? And I can, can do this. It, it becomes a, a real burden, and Jesus comes, and he says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And uh, he consistently confronts the people who have taken these rules and, and forced them on people and uh, as a heavy burden, but... It's interesting that Jesus says the Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. Uh, Jesus says the Sabbath was a gift. It was a gift for people to bless them. Um, people were not created so that the Sabbath could be kept, he says. But it is interesting that while Jesus confronts the, the heavy legalistic burdens that had grown up around the Sabbath, he never 
says that the Sabbath is not significant. And we can see that Jesus himself keeps it. We find him in synagogue, worshipping on the Sabbath. So why then do we think that nine commandments apply and one doesn't? Well, for some of us, it's because of that theological argument that I said before. We're convinced that in, when Jesus fulfills the Sabbath, he, he just makes all the days the same. But for most of us, I think it's not so much that we've become theologically convinced of it. We are just influenced by the world in which we live, by the, the maelstrom of, of hurry and busyness. Rush, 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 rush. Busy, 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 busy. More work to be done. The laptop is always calling, isn't it? Open me, open me, open me. The phone, scroll. Um, the, the, uh, the things that need to be done, the to-do list. We just can't do it in seven days. In six days. You've got to do it every day. There's stuff that's got to be done. You've got to be busy. You've got to rest. Go, 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 go. And eventually then you die and you can RIP. But until then, you need to be working. But if the Sabbath, and I'm, look, I know I'm focusing, this topic is rest and work. I'm focusing on rest because I think we've, we've covered work before. I've, you know, in 10 years of this church, I've never once spoken on the Sabbath, not once. This is the first time. And if the Sabbath is indeed part of God's gift to us, the, the Sabbath is created for man, if this is how God has wired his universe, if this is how he's created his universe to operate, six days for work, one for rest, then as one person has said, if we rub against the grain of God's universe, you know what we can expect? Splinters. If we think that we work seven days and that's what we do and that's what our culture does, if we rub against the grain of the universe, then we can expect some splinters. And let me suggest to you a couple of splinters that I see. And one of these is clearly staleness. Seven days of work, none of rest, it ends up making us stale. Um, when I deployed in the army to East Timor, we were part of a, um, a seven-month operation. For the first four months, none of us on the headquarters had a single day of rest, not one. Not one. Every morning was the same. There were briefs to give. Every afternoon was the same. Everyone in the headquarters was expected to work all day, every day, and we did for four months. And you might think that was really good on them. You know, they were, it was so important, the military operation, that you know, people's lives were at stake, and so we had to work every day. It was stupid. And I'll tell you why it was stupid, because you work every day for four months, you start making mistakes. You get stale. It might have looked good in theory, but working every day was stupid. And if you work every day, all day, you just get stale. It's just a reality. And it's not just the just staleness. There's actually, um, it, it, there's, there's studies that actually show that the difference between working 50 hours and 70 hours in terms of productivity is zero. <laughs> you just work longer. You just, you, 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 know, you, just, you just work longer and you get the same amount done. It, it's not necessarily increasing your productivity. Uh, the splinters can be also physical. Uh, again, I'm not a doctor, but there's some doctors here. You can tell me uh, if I'm right in this, but I think it's true that when we consistently work seven days, seven days, seven days, our immune system eventually starts to, st to stutter. Maybe it's just the continual colds. 
Maybe it's a, we just that, that rundown feeling physically we get. If studies have shown, I saw one recently, that if we consistently work seven days for a long period of time, in the end, it has, can have physical consequences that are serious. Uh, you can ignore Sabbath, but in the end, Sabbath might come for you. But I think the worst of the consequences, and that's what I'm focusing on, and that's, I suppose that's my area, is the spiritual consequences. There's a, a spiritual rundown, tiredness, fatigue, a difficulty to, to engage in Christian community, be worshipping on the Sunday, spend time in prayer, spend time with the Lord that can come about by continuously, week after week, seven days of work, none of rest. Well, uh, I'm trying to make the case for you biblically. What I personally believe it is that Sabbath needs to make it into your rule of life. The, the idea of Sabbath, it needs to be part of the trellis that you build for your spiritual flourishing and abiding in Jesus. So in a moment, I'm going to look at what that could look like. And I said, take some questions. This is a big topic to try and, and, and tackle in a short period of time. But before I look at what Sabbath is, I want to look with you at what it is not. All right, because this is very important. So what Sabbath is not, number one, it's not a legalistic straitjacket. Uh, the Sabbath, and the last thing I want to do is present to you my idea of the Sabbath, how it should be kept, and a whole lot of rules and regulations and say, okay, that's your problem now. You've got rules and regulations. And why? Because humans, I think, are instinctively legalistic. So tell me what I got to do. And then we do it and we set rules around it and we fall often into this legalistic straitjacket. I'll give you an example. A really good friend of mine, you know this person, I'm not going to betray his confidence though, he grew up in a very strict um, Sabbath-keeping background. And so in his case, you, on Sundays, you are only allowed to think and to read Christian things. And uh, my friend, as a young boy, uh, was fascinated by sport and um, still is, and, and he would long to read um, the, the newspaper reports of, the, of what had happened the previous day in the sport in, on Sunday. And so um, he's, that was a no-no. So what he would do was uh, he would smuggle the sports pages and put them down his pants and, uh, and cover them up with his... And then he would try to quietly go up the stairs so that they didn't crinkle because of the sports pages. And even to this day, he, he still feels guilty if he, if he looks at a newspaper on Sunday and looks at the sport. That's, that's legalistic. Someone else in, um, in one of the, the studies that I'm running, he told me a couple of weeks ago, he said that, yeah, in our family, um, it was like that. And dad said, Friday, well, it was early Saturday evening for them, Wi-Fi off. Turned the Wi-Fi off, no one accessing Wi-Fi. But then he'd say, and then dad would just like settle down in front of the TV to watch the sport. I was like, what? You know, where's the, where's, this is hypocrisy. Um, We've got a penchant for rules and for hypocrisy. The Old Testament law, with all of its burdens, it's fulfilled in Jesus. I agree with Sam Storms about that. Jesus sets us free um, from law-keeping like this and rules and regulations in that way. It's not for us to put to death people in the church who collect sticks on Sunday morning for their fire. Or like um, Mia Sharim in Jerusalem, it's a suburb, an orthodox suburb, to, you know, to stone people. I think I've got a, a photo of a funny t-shirt that always comes out. Of it. To stone anyone who drives their car on a Sabbath. 
Um, it's what happens. It's not for us to do that now. And we should also recognize from Jesus' example that working on a Sabbath is sometimes necessary. However, we structure it. Jesus speaks about um, animal husbandry. He's saying to the Pharisees, if an animal falls in a well, you rescue it on the Sabbath, don't you? Yes. And, and Jesus heals on a Sabbath. So there's clearly this grain of the universe that God's created. It's created for man. It's not like your kid has broken his leg and you're like, oh, we, you know, no, we can't work. You know, we, we'll, we'll take you there tomorrow, little fella. You know, that's not how it works. The Sabbath is created for man. What, what else is the Sabbath not? This is going to surprise you. It's not a day off. What? I thought it was a day off. Uh, Eugene Peterson calls uh, the Sabbath, he says, the day off is a bastard Sabbath, he calls it. A day off is a really good thing, but the point that um, he makes, Eugene Peterson makes, is that it's easy to think of the the Sabbath day as a day when you don't work for your employer. So what do you do when you don't work for an employer? You work for your spouse, you work for your wife, if you're married, or your husband, you know what it's like. If you're not married, you've got jobs around the home you have to do. You've got to pay bills, you've got to wash the car, you've got to do this and that. So, so what it actually becomes is I work six days and on the seventh day I do the, all the rest of the work that I need to do. That's not the Sabbath. A day off is a good thing, but it's not necessary a Sabbath just because you have a, a day off. The Sabbath is the commandment, it's not an opportunity for excuses. There are always excuses why you and I cannot keep the Sabbath. I'm in year 12 so important. I've got one of sons, we're having this argument just recently. You know, it's a, I'm in year 12, this is a key year. It's like, I'm never going to be this busy again. Oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you've actually got, I'm a busy mum. You are busy. If you had my kids, you'd know I can never Sabbath. There's no way I can do my to-do list at work in, in, in six days. I've got, to, I've got to work seven days just to get the job. There's so many excuses. And you know, the most cleverest excuses They're the excuses of surrounding God. Three years at theological college that I spent, I worked seven days a week and I I I wore it as a badge of honour. You know, like, I'm serious about God. I'm serious about the Word. I'm serious about um, following Jesus. And so I work seven days a week because that's just what I do. And like, no, I was just being disobedient. Like, I thought that I knew better than God and that I I could do, in my life's work, seven days a week and then somehow or other tell myself and other people that I was following what Jesus would want me to do. So Sabbath is not about excuses, always excuses. So what is the Sabbath then? What is it? We're not saying it's not legalism and hypocrisy. and time. So what is the Sabbath then? Well, I want to suggest to you that the Sabbath is a delight and a joy. Um, I recently, about six or seven months ago now, I can't remember what, Dave May, as a Geelong pastor, he introduced a book to us called The, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by a guy called John Mark Comer. Very stimulating book. Don't agree with everything that he writes, but very interesting. And he had a chapter on Sabbath, which I read about six months ago, and it undid me. Because I was in the day off, the bastard Sabbath, Sabbath kind of thing. And I read this chapter on Sabbath, and I decided I would put it into practice six months ago. And it's been a delight and a joy. So, so let's, uh, John Mark Comer, he's, he's got a framework and he says like, what is Sabbath? 
You know, you know what, what does it actually look like in reality? And he says it's, it's two things in the Bible. And I think he's right. These two things that the Scriptures teach about Sabbath are, number one, worship. The Sabbath is a day for worship. And number two, it's a day for rest. Worship and rest. So let's think about worship. Um, <laughs> in my mind, often I just think, oh, I've, I've got to sing Hillsong all day. That's worship. You know, Hillsong, Bethel, great music. But in the Bible, of course, worship is far more than just even what we're doing now. Uh, worship is part of that, but worship is an all-of-life orientation towards God. And he makes the point that on the Sabbath, you worship every day, right? We are created to worship God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But whenever you have your Sabbath, there's, a, there's a, a, an increased focus on worship. So, so for me, it's my Sabbath, um, which, is, which I have on, on Saturday. It's a work day for me. Um, on, on Saturday, I love, uh, we've got a window in our house which overlooks the Yuyangs. And, and I love to just get there with the Bible open, or my phone open actually, um, but read, read the Bible, just sitting there looking over the Yuyangs and going, I just want to be with you. Uh, not because what I often, the tendency I often have is that I've got to get things from God's Word because I'm going to have to serve it up to you. And so I'm not trying to mining for, for that kind of thing. I'm just going, I'm just being with you because you love me. And I love you. And I'm, I'm just unrushed this morning. I, I mean, I, I, I do devotions every other day of the week too, but, but these Sabbaths are different. There's no rush. It's almost like I don't have to do it, <laughs> but here I am, and I'm with you, and it's, it's sweet. Sometimes I'll, I'll read a, a Christian book. Sometimes I'll just stare out the window and go, God's creation is amazing. You're incredible. You're amazing. I'm worshiping you. Not always easy to do, there's little people, there's noise, there's distractions. But at least in theory, I'm trying to do that one day a week, worship. A Sabbath is also rest. It's, it's different from the other six days. It's a day to stop, to not work, but to rest. And so for me, it, it looks like hopefully unrushed time at round mealtimes with the family uh, looks like board games with the kids, um, board game with Matt Keller, perhaps, <laughs> on a Friday evening, a, a roll of the, of, the, of the bowls, where are you? Oh, Chris is not here. There he is, with, with Chris Clem. You know, that's rest. Um, fun games and activities with the kids, maybe some fun games and activities with my spouse, if, if you understand where we might be going there. Um, a good book by the fire in winter. So many, a day when I can just enjoy slowing down and stopping. It's beautiful. It's a delight. I genuinely have found it to be, the last six months in that area have been so good for my soul. Well, how do you decide what is Sabbath? You know, what's rest and what's worship? Well, basically, you, you run it through the grid and you think, okay, is the task I'm thinking about doing, is it rest? And if it's, is it worship? Okay, that's great. I'll do it on the Sabbath. And this is, this is John Mark Comer's um, grid. He just says, if it's not rest and it's not worship, do it tomorrow. And the issue, I think, with it, and this is why I sort of disagree with him a little bit in, in his book, is that 
what is rest and worship for me might be work for you and vice versa. So, for example, surfing, right? I like surfing uh, and one of these old men on the long borders that you see out there. I'm very bad at surfing, but I do like it. But I also have some type A personality problems. And so, like, when I'm out surfing, surfing can be work. I'm out there and I get so frustrated. It's like, oh, missed it again. And look at that old fogey. How did he get it? This is, ah! And I come out and I'm like, oh, I didn't get a single wave. And now I'm cold. And I'm gonna, you know, it's all, you know, and that's not, that's not Sabbath. That's work. But uh, this Sabbath, I went out and I have to be in a different mindset. Okay, this is, I'm, I'm just going to sit out there. I'm going to sit on the board. I'm going to look at your creation and feel the waves moving and see the sun. If I get a wave, I get a wave. Good on you, old fella. Great wave. You know, yeah, it just, it's a different mindset. And you might say, well, what about gardening? Can I garden on my Sabbath? It's one of those things, isn't it? Sometimes gardening, you pot around and you pick a few flowers and it's all fun. Other times it's a big pruning job and it's going to take all morning. And that's kind of, you know, you've you got to run that, playing tennis, doing sport. You've you, you got to run it to your own grid. Um, and I'm trying to just ask those questions. Is this rest? Is it worship? If it's not, do it another time. And here's the big one. When should we Sabbath? Does it have to be on one day? And like, Shouldn't it be on Friday night, the Sabbath, the Saturday? What about, why is it on Sunday? You know, but what, if I, what if I'm a shift worker and I work on Saturday and Sunday? I mean, how do, how do I Sabbath? Well, previously in our culture, and I think this was a wonderful blessing, we had the, the I think it was a privilege that centuries, uh, hundreds of years of Christian influence meant that Sunday was the designated Sabbath for most people. The day in which Jesus rose from the tomb um, following early Christian tradition, that had been the day when Christians worshipped and rested. It was a great blessing, I think, for, for lots of reasons, because it, it gave our society a rhythm of rest. Um, it also stopped the exploitation, particularly of poor people, who were forced, or who are forced now, uh, to work because Sunday rates. You know, so appealing, isn't it? So it's... A, you, <laughs> that's gone in my living memory and many of your living memory. That, that is no longer the case. But I think it still works for most of us to Sabbath on Sunday. And I'll tell you why. Um, it, I think it works for us because you are already here at worship. There's an opportunity on Sunday regularly to be with God's purpose, people, to be focused specifically on enjoying Him learning about Him, encouraging one another in the faith. That's, that's a Sunday rhythm that we continue to do as, as a community. So I think it makes sense to have that as a day where you worship. And then in the afternoon, like you guys at nine o'clock, you, you come to worship in the morning. In the afternoon, you go for a walk. You sit on a chair in the sun. Spend some time reading a good book. Uh, maybe there's, there's a... Uh, Try to limit the electronics, but maybe there's a, there's a great television show that you can watch together or a, something. You've, you've got the opportunity to, to, to just enjoy Sunday. Have friends around for a meal. Have some good food. Um, enjoy other people's company. Those things are, are Sabbath rest. I think for a lot of us, it works well to be on a Sunday. But I think it's very unwise to get caught up in saying it has to be this day or it has to be that day. And you know, I, um, apologies to my Seventh-day Adventist friends. I think it's a mistake to, to really 
focus on this and argue about it and go, well, we're, we're Sunday, that's the Sabbath, and well, we're, we're Saturday, that's the Sabbath. In Christ, it's, in one sense, every day is the Sabbath because we're resting in Him, He's saved us. But then the rhythm of creation, then we work through. And it might be that your Sabbath is a Wednesday or your Sabbath is a Monday. It doesn't, I don't think it matters. I think that the, the way God has created His universe, though, we are very unwise if we think that we can live our lives working seven days a week where every day is the same. I think we miss out on so much. All right, I've got some other things here, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I reckon you'll ask some of these questions, so I'm not going to go any further. Uh, so Eric Little, the 100-meter Olympic final. Uh, in 1924 at the Paris Olympic Games, uh, on the morning when Eric's, I think, it was, I think it was the morning after, I can't remember, when his heat was run, uh, he went to rest and to worship while the event that he's trained for was run. Would I do that? I don't know. I don't know if I agree with the, with the, the stance that Eric Little took in that case. I, I, I don't know. I think for him, it was the right thing to do. Before God, he was convicted that Sabbath was Sunday and Sunday was his day of rest and worship and he would not change. He would not budge. He was a man of conviction. And you, you know the story. Um, in the end, um, it was offered to him to run for the United Kingdom, run for Great Britain in another event, the 400 metres instead of the 100 metres. Any of you who have an athletics background as I do, that's a completely different race. <laughs> that should not go well. 100 metres and 400 metres, it's a totally different race. But Eric Little was given the opportunity to run for Great Britain in the 400 metres event he hadn't trained for. And of course, you can look at it in the history, you can watch the movie Chariots of Fire. Not only did he run the 400 metres, he got a world record time and the gold medal. And there's a beautiful moment where one of the other American athletes hands to him a passage of scripture that he who honours God, I will honour. God has a way of honouring those people who honour him. He has a way of, of honouring those people who sit and submit themselves to his word, as Eric Little did. He still does. So the rule of life, the trellis that supports your vine, I'm making the case with you this morning that it should include Sabbath. And that Sabbath is a logical place to start. I don't know if you've thought about it, but Sabbath is the only spiritual discipline that makes it into the Ten Commandments. Notice there is no commandment to pray in the Ten Commandments. There's no commandment to read the Bible in the Ten Commandments. Those are good things. But Sabbath makes it, the discipline of Sabbath makes it into the Ten Commandments itself. So if you've never practiced this wonderful blessing, you've never given it a crack because you thought it was superseded or irrelevant, I'd love to encourage you to begin this week to, as I did six months ago, to put, see, put into practice what Sabbath could look like for you and your family. And, and you know, be gentle with yourself if you have been running seven, seven days every week and you've got rhythms around that. It's gonna, it may not be something that you can do all at once. Maybe you work towards that, maybe half a day, then maybe eventually a full day of rest and of worship. But remember the old army maxim, keep it simple, stupid, kiss. So keep it simple, stupid. Remember, it's just simply a day of rest and worship. And it's, it's my prayer that as a church community, as we, we look at this trellis together, 
that we might find in this delight. And that as we rest and worship one day out of seven, that we would abide more intimately and more closely with Jesus than we ever have before, because that's the only way that fruit will produce in our lives. I'm going to pray for us. Um, and then, um, hopefully you've sent some, text, some questions in, um, and we'll come back in just a moment and try to answer those, but let's pray. Father, would you uh, protect us from becoming legalistic and getting caught up in rules and regulations, but would you also protect us from thinking that we know what is best? So Lord, we, we humble ourselves beneath your word. We pray, Father, that as we look at this this area of Sabbath that you would work in our hearts. And if this is indeed something you want us to change in our lives, in our rule of lives, then would you guide us by your good spirit and how we can do this. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.